the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Once we understand the divine acceptance that we have in Christ, we begin to understand the privileges that come with that divine acceptance. We'll do that today on Truth For Today. With Pastor Phil Howard, this is Truth For Today. He is our Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Welcome to the program. Today we're continuing our series that gives us a close look at living the Christian life, what it looks like, how it's lived out, and why. Today we turn our attention to the privileges that come with the divine acceptance that we have in Christ. Here's Pastor Phil and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Living the Christian life, the privileges that come with divine acceptance. We looked last week uh, at this matter that the beginning point of the Christian life is knowing on what basis are you accepted before God. How can God accept me? How can he have fellowship with me and not compromise his character? And we looked at Romans 1, 16 and 17, 3, 24 to 28, 5, 17, and chapter 4. God can have fellowship with me because faith, remember this, faith of itself saves no one. But faith is the only thing that appropriates Christ, the one that can save. And when you exercise faith in Christ, you receive him. And at the time you receive him, God imputes an alien righteousness. A righteousness not your own to your account. And we dealt with the Roman Catholic doctrine yet last week of infused righteousness. They believe that God made you righteous. But remember in Catholic theology, you're justified by faith at baptism. And they baptize babies. So the babies never exercise faith. And at that point, they're justified by faith. And later on, if they commit a mortal sin, you need not only Mary interceding, you not only need Christ, but you need this treasury of the saints to withdraw merits from all the great saints to get you reinstated. Now, all of this is made up and false, and millions live under it. But for us, even while we were ungodly, at the point of salvation, you were ungodly, you had done nothing right, God gives you credit for a positive righteousness. Not just forgiveness, but you are imputed to be righteous in God's sight. Now, I don't want to stay there because we're going to go on to the benefits of acceptance. But um, you'll get around some people. Let me tell you the great way to know any truth is being lost 
it no longer is preached. It's no longer taught. I think if I ask most Christians, would you just explain to me justification by faith, they'd all get an F. And I feel like I'm on a hobby horse because it's the entry point, but I don't have 90% uh, of this congregation that could explain it and show me from Scripture. Why? It doesn't sell tapes. It's not on the radio. It's not a grabber. But it is the essence of Christianity. And so you ought to start talking about it. It will change your life. And then I must say this, as I was talking with Pastor Richards last week, if you grew up in Christianity that said this, oh, you got saved, but wait till you really get it. Wait till you have a second definite work of grace. Wait until maybe uh, you get the Holy Ghost if you're in those circles. Wait until you talk in tongues. Wait until you're completely sanctified. Wait until you completely dedicate your life. Wait until you do something after salvation. And this all militates against what you originally got. It, it just diminishes what it is to be declared righteous at the point of believing. And nothing must eclipse those truths. Nothing. Now, let's look at the benefits. This is only if you've been justified by faith. These are the benefits. There's many more, but I know where there's a little cluster of them that we look at. And let's look at Romans 5. Methodical Bible study students, what does therefore shout? What's it there for? 5-1. Therefore, now you'd had to be here last week to know the therefore. Since you've read the first four chapters of Romans, and you understand the theme of how Abraham and David were made righteous before God, I like the word declared righteous because they weren't made righteous in themselves. God declared them to be in the right with him, but inside they weren't perfect men yet. Uh, and uh, listen to this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, then just stop. Right there. Look at me. If he says that now he's going to go into what are some of the benefits tied just to this work of grace. What, is, what you can say is yours because this has happened in your life. And we'll just pick up seven things. And, of course, you read the rest of the New Testament. But we'll stay right here in chapter 5. Seven things that became yours when justified. Notice the first thing. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. And that word with is facing God. We have peace with God. Can you remember the turmoil? Even if you've read testimonies, biographies of others. Uh, the turmoil of soul. John Wesley troubled about his soul when he was out to sea coming back from being down in Georgia 
went out as a uh, Oxford boy, but on the way over, they were caught in storms, and the Moravians, who were believers out of France, he saw their calm in the storm. He became concerned about his soul, that he wouldn't be right with God if he died. And this turmoil began in him. Or if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, that there were months, uh, and it's normal in many conversions, that there was months there that he wrestled about the city of destruction. What am I going to do if I leave with my wife and my kids? And he, uh, he had all of this despair and, I mean, all of that pre-conversion, what was going on in him. And then to all of a sudden, in a moment, hear God say, the war is over. We declare an amnesty. What was it? September 2nd, I believe, 1945, on the deck of the Missouri, we signed the amnesty. I, I stood on that deck a few years ago where they signed it. The war is over between Japan and the United States. And then, of course, Berlin had to be reduced to rubble. This peace with God is different than peace of God. There's two kinds of pieces. Peace with God, and this is the result of justification, once for all. The peace of God is a matter of anxieties and worries. It's a matter of believing the promises of God for the circumstances of life. But peace with God is something permanent, never to evaporate, never to go away. Once you understand, I have peace with God based upon justification by faith alone. And that means the war is over. Uh, God's not after you ever. There's just nothing to fear from God insofar as uh, that which would break the peace. Uh, it seems uh, un unreal. I think of uh, the Easter morning. Uh, uh, we could all think back. For me, a, a Tuesday night, whenever. Do you remember when the war ended between you and God? And that, that was the moment you were justified by faith. And it hits you, says, wow. Uh, it's funny, but I slept like a baby that night. I couldn't wait to go to bed that night because I'd had weeks of fear and anxiety, afraid that I would die before I woke up in the morning and I'd be in hell. But after I got this privilege... I've never in 45 years been bothered about me and God are at war. Is that nice? Amen. That's a wonderful privilege. You can have a nervous breakdown thinking God's on your trail and that you're going to hell all the time. It's hard on the nerves. Uh, the second thing, uh, I love it. Look here, he says, uh, through Jesus Christ... We have gained access, New American, another say introduction, King James said introduction. We have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. What's he talking about? What, what's the access here? Well, um, Barclay gives two usages of this word, access. Uh, the more obscure meaning, I don't think, is here, but he gives it 
used of a ship that finds a port in a storm. So it was used to finding a haven in the midst of a storm. But that was a rare usage. The more common usage was uh, to gain an introduction into a royal court or to gain an introduction to somebody that you couldn't get access to. Let's say to get an appointment with the President of the United States. That's the idea. You have been given entree to royalty. And then this word, uh, in this grace in which we stand, in the original language, it's uh, you, you enter, you stand, and you permanently remain there. You permanently, you have a permanent standing in this royal court and what you find there, the environment of the court is not uh, a judicial uh, atmosphere. You stand permanently in an atmosphere of grace. It's where you're not there based upon your own merit. And you're not there under threat. You're not having to worry about etiquette, protocol, or be kicked out of the king's court. You know, nothing infirm could ever come into the presence of uh, an Old Testament king or kings of the ancient Near East. But here he says, you've gained your introduction into the very throne room of God and you are, have been given a permanent standing there and the standing environment is one of grace. Let me read something to you that H.G. Mole said. We have an unearned acceptance for another's sake. Instead of being out uh, instead of being uh, out an outcast because of our sins, we are given a pass. Faith is the little piece of pasteboard ticket in our hands, which is our pass. Another paid the price of admission. We are admitted to the grace of justification. We were not only admitted there, but we are standing there. This is perseverance. This is a permanent status before God. I stand before God in his royal court in an environment of grace. And this is exactly what Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 4 says. When I come in prayer, I always find a grace environment. What is a grace environment in your mind? You might put a handle to that. If you come into someone's, it's seen sometimes in hospitality. To be in a home where you feel super welcome versus being in a home that you can't wait till you get out of there. Uh, someone that sets a climate, and he says the climate for God's children in this uh, royal entree is an environment of grace. It's why uh, we kill Christianity with legalism. We kill Christianity with a bunch of rules. We kill Christianity with upping all of the requirements to be in the club. In this environment, the only thing required is faith and love and grace. It's the environment of being in the family of God. Can you trust him? Can you love him? And can you enjoy his grace? Or are you nervous and in your spare time, you make up 13 more new rules that you can't keep? You can't keep your own rules. 
But what gets me is folks that can't keep them are great at making them for everybody else. And we ruin Christianity so that everybody say, get all these rules, get all these rules. No, 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 we don't. That's the perversion of our faith. We've got Christ, faith, grace, and love. That's the Christian life, and you throw in hope. Can you live that? Could you enjoy that? Well, let's keep on going here. What you get? You get peace. You get this permanent access. And uh, in the midst of this, we are presently rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. What in the world does the glory of God mean? What does the glory of God mean? Hmm? Huh? That may be there, but we're looking for a definition. Uh, is reputation? That's, that's one. Excellence on display? That's great. You got First Peter that we've been saved to show off his excellencies or his virtues. So he's got a reputation. That's part of his glory. You use the word fame. It came from the Hebrew word kavod. That meant what made him a weighty person. Because kavod means heavy or weighty. A person of substance. What makes God a person of substance? His character, his behavior, his activity. So that's one. To give God glory. How do you give God glory? Since you can't give him weight, you can't give him character, you can't give him attributes, how can you give him glory? By worshiping him. Okay, in the worship, and what are you worshiping about him? Okay, so giving him glory is, I'm acknowledging the weighty person he is. I'm acknowledging his attributes. I'm acknowledging his power. I'm acknowledging him as creator. I'm acknowledging what's great about our God. And I do it by praise, song. There seem like a hundred ways we can do it. But what's going on in my heart is I'm acknowledging this great king that I've been introduced to. He's great. He's awesome. He's got power, activity, on and on. And he says here, this is the present stance of a justified believer in God's presence. You're always exalting joyful exaltation in who you've become attached to. And we are presently rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. Now, why would he say hope? What's that got to do with it? Heaven? Uh, maybe going to see more of it, perhaps? That, that would fit. Uh, that here I put my faith in someone that I haven't got everything he intends for me but I'm just there exulting. I'm just uh, looking uh, because hope has the idea of a firm conviction about good things in the future. And so I'm living before God instead of in an environment of fear. It's an environment of grace. Instead of an environment, fear is afraid of the future. Hope is optimistic about the future. And says, now that I belong to this God, my future is one of hope. And I'm hoping that he's going to keep showing me the glory of his person, uh, his future. If he's already done this in justification, can you imagine what else he's got? 
And so you're living before God in this environment. Imagine if we all were doing that. That we were subjectively in that mind frame. I mean, that, that we just took this literally, that this is describing you as a Christian. It is describing you, isn't it? So, so you're a person full of joy because you're getting a tax return. No. What's the joy based on? The glory of God. Does the glory of God ever diminish, increase, fade? Is it permanent? It's fairly permanent. I am that I am forever. Uh, and it's hope. So the Christians living in joy, hope, and exaltation. You cannot believe what I got in salvation. I got a God with all this glory. Power. Promises. A future. I got all of this. All I did is believed. And I got this personal, exulting, joyful relationship to God. You know what? We need a real baptism of joy in most church life. It has become dismal with many Christians. Whether life's trials, whether, uh, I, I don't know, all the things that can drain the life of joy. But he says one of the benefits of being right with God in justification is you have the basis for exalting joy and hope in who your God is. I think it would be so overwhelming if we just had a joy service. That everybody, the only ones that get to speak are those overflowing with joy. You can speak if you're having overwhelming joy about who your God is. And uh, we used to sing a song that Peter wrote. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. That's good stuff. Just like the righteousness of God. I saw you giggle, Deborah. I saw your face when we started singing that. Because I've been trying to sell this song for months and I got it through the music ministry. And finally sing that great theology. Is it joy unspeakable and full of glory? Jonathan Edwards said the great thing missing in the uh, churches of the Great Awakening is the absence of joy. And I have to say, one of the most depressing things I think I can do on Sundays is to go to most churches that I've heard about. But you know what? Even myself and my background... One thing we didn't lack in our meetings was joyful expressions. We were bursting. And somebody gagged the church. And somebody extracted all the joy out of the saints and replaced it with vinegar. <laughs> and what, what is this? This isn't whipped up. This is based upon justification. This is based upon a theological understanding. This is not, a, I want to whip you up. I'm going to get you. No, no, no. Don't ever try to whip me up. You can't whip me up. I refuse. Because this thing, as my dad would say, you don't have to pump it up. 
He said, everything you pump up, you might get pollywogs in. This thing rains. It rains. It comes down from heaven. One of your birthrights as a born-again justified believer is to exult in the glory of God. And you don't need anything else. You can be fighting cancer. You can be broke. And you can be one thing after another. But this is your birthright. And this is part of the privilege of knowing God. I can exult that there's more to come in my God than I've ever dreamed of. And I'm going to see more and more and more of the glory of God. That's our prospect. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station. We would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply. And no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.